How do we find joy in the midst of hardship or pain? When we desire for God to rescue, restore, and heal, how do we hold on to hope in the waiting? And is it really possible to give thanks in all circumstances? Listen to this week's conversation with Valerie as she shares a message of hope and possibility of how we can be warriors in the battles of our lives. Through praise and prayer, it is possible for you to be unstoppable. And if you're looking for a community to share life with, would you join us? We host a Facebook group called Living the Reclaimed Life, and we would love to see you there. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to Living the Reclaim Life podcast. I'm Denisha. We're glad you're here for conversations that revive hope, inspire healing, and encourage you to live a vibrant life with Christ. So grab a cup of coffee as we chat with today's guest. Many of Valerie McMahon from Reclaimed Story, but if she is new to you, I want to introduce her. Is it okay if I introduce you a little bit, Valerie? Of course. Hello, hello. <laughs> Valerie is a wife. She is a mom of four. She is a published author, and she is also the ministry and content coordinator for Reclaim Story, which this podcast is a ministry of. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation, Valerie, because We know that not only have we been through it in our life, but so many people, we sit in that time where maybe there's some suffering going on in our life Mm. or some pain. And as we're waiting on God, how do we find joy in the midst of it? So Valerie, I'm so excited that you're going to take us into kind of a deep study today of how do we have joy in the midst of suffering? So let's kick it off. Yes. And I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I would say I am a student. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to look at the expert and we're going to look at the word of God today. So I would encourage you if you are in a place where you can open up your Bible app or open up your paper Bible and join us in this study. But to answer your question, Denisha, our key verse that we're going to be focusing on today comes from 1 Thessalonians. That's a mouthful, right? 1 Thessalonians. There are two of these books in the Bible, and they were actually letters written by the missionary Paul, who was an apostle of Jesus Christ. And that's basically a fancy word for he was a minister, a servant of Jesus Christ. And his job was after Jesus returned to heaven was to spread the gospel. And so we're going to be hearing from him some of the letters that he wrote. But here's the verse we want to focus on today. Be joyful always. Wow. Just take that in a little bit. (laughs) Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so, Denisha, we're going to look during our time and our conversation today at three ways I believe that makes it possible and gives us hope to be able to endure suffering, endure that time of waiting while we're waiting for God to answer. And that is first that we have to be receivers, Denisha. Are you a good receiver? Not always. I (laughs) drop the ball all the time. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. If that's a sports (laughs) reference. So much of our Christian life, and I don't know about you, but I have struggled. Sometimes maybe you've heard that word performance-based Christianity. I was a performer all my life. I was in theater. I was a speaker. And so it's easy for these passions and talents and strengths you have to, I don't know, have it seep through, but maybe in not the best way, right, to how we approach God. And I think often in the Christian life, we think we got to 
produce everything ourselves. Like we got to produce joy. We got to produce happiness. We got to produce peace. If only I can do this and that, then I will have that. But we're going to talk about how God designed us to be receivers, not doers. So we had another podcast where we talked about we are human beings, not human doings. So really the first thing we're going to talk about is what does it look like to receive the gift of joy from the Holy Spirit, Denisha. It's a gift. We don't have to, we can't, we can't produce it on our own. When was there a time that you felt that it was hard to have joy, but then it just came out of nowhere and you knew without a doubt it was from God? The first thing that comes to my mind is remembering when my kids were little, like Mm. babies and not sleeping for days at a time. And to be honest, I started beating myself up. Like Mm. my kids are little. Everybody's telling me I need to enjoy this time. I need to embrace it and love it. And I was sometimes crying in my closet because I hadn't (laughs) slept in two days. And so I remember that being a time where I kept telling myself I should be joyful right now, Mm. but I don't feel joy. I feel very tired and I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I remember that there were moments in that when I can really say that God brought that joy. And I may have been exhausted, but I was snuggling a sleeping baby on a couch and going, okay, I'm loving this moment. I think there's sometimes we put pressure on ourselves of how we should feel when we can say it's just hard. Yeah. There was still joy in the midst of it. But I remember specific moments when my heart was so full, sitting on the couch with Mm. a sleeping baby or watching them discover something new, like their toes or rolling over. (laughs) Those little things where you're like, okay, this is amazing. And I really felt like those moments were gifts from God, even when things were a little chaotic. And you were you were being still, you were just simply being a mom and God allowed you to receive that. So if we look at our passage today and what we're going to be studying in God's word in first Thessalonians. So Paul would do these missionary trips to these places and there weren't believers there. And so he went to a place called Thessalonica and he preached the gospel. Well, and these were Jews. So these were people in the Jewish culture. They had not accepted that Jesus was the Messiah. So Paul preached the gospel to them. As we know, even in our modern day, there were some that received it And then there were some that weren't. The people that weren't became very hostile toward the people that had received Jesus and were persecuting them. And, you know, we have that right and are still in our world today. But this is what is so powerful. And I want to read you this verse. And it comes from 1 Thessalonians 1 6. And I would encourage you after this podcast to read these two letters. They are so amazing and encouraging. But he says this You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And this is the crux of what we're talking about today. They were enduring so much, and yet they still received the gospel. They accepted Jesus, and they continued to live for him, even though they were, I mean, Denisha, it says, and Paul continues to say that there was just continual persecution. If you look at some background to what was going on at the time, there were mobs, like mobs just following them around and just trying to discourage them. And yet their faith only grew in the midst of the suffering. And I was thinking that right here, it says that we 
that they receive joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's, I think, one of the first things I want you all to grasp hold of, just like Denisha shared her story, is that you just need to receive. And if you're not a good receiver, pray that God will make you that because God has it. He already has it available. He has so much joy that he wants to give you and you just need to receive it. But this is what's interesting, Denisha, as you as you follow along in First Thessalonians, it says that they turned from their idols. They turned from what they were depending on other than God to the one true living God. And it made me think as I was studying this, how when we are struggling, right? When we have a crisis, when we have something going on, what do we want to do? We want to fix it, right? We just want to end it. We want it. We think that, like you said, like you felt guilty, like there was something you needed to do, right? It's okay. I have to do this. I have to do, I have to do something. I feel out of control. And so sometimes we over control things. And this is a question I have for you. Why is it so tempting to turn to other things other than God when we're struggling? Why is it so tempting, Denisha? For me, it's control. It's because I think I can do something about it. And so I try to do it my own strength instead of leaning into the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned about being tired. Sometimes we're just so tired. We just want the suffering to end. We just want the pain to end. And I'm not minimizing that at all. I had a period of about nine years and even still have some struggles with some dizziness. I was like dizzy for nine years. It's like nobody had an answer. And I'm just like, I'm just so tired. I just want to take matters in my own hands. I don't want to wait any longer. And like you said, and I think there's some other reasons. Sometimes we're just impatient, right? We're just like, we're tired. We're impatient. We want to control. Maybe we're just doubting God. Where are you? And we just want the suffering to end. But this is what I want you guys to think about is what if God has a purpose for our suffering. That is just so hard sometimes to think about. But as Paul was encouraging the church, he said, you have become imitators of us and of the Lord in the midst of your suffering. And this is what I think is key, Denisha. We become witnesses. We become storytellers of who God is and what he has done in the midst of our suffering. That's the purpose of suffering is that we can help others no true peace. We can help others know true joy because we are saying, God, you got it. I don't got it. I'm trusting you. And so we can become storytellers, witnesses of who God is in our suffering. And I've experienced that. I think I've shared on this podcast before that my brother, my only sibling committed suicide over 20 years ago. And that was the I would say the hardest thing that I had ever experienced up until that point. I was 21 when it happened in the midst of my grief, which there's time for healing and grief. I thought, okay, what am I going to do with this? But there has been person after person I've been able to encourage and have been encouraged by because I went through that suffering. And I'm sure you've experienced that too. That's why we have Reclaim Story, right, Tanisha? But Exactly. And we see so often that our victory can be a victory for other people or others' victories can be a victory for us. So there is definitely, there's, God doesn't cause our pain, but there is Mm -hmm. purpose in our pain. Yes. And that kind of brings us back to that imagery of waiting, right? Being in this waiting room and we're like, okay, God, how long is this going to take? And so in addition to just being in a posture of receiving, to receive that gift of joy from God, knowing that he sees you in your suffering, the next thing is we have to pray, Denisha, we have to pray as long as it takes. 
And, you know, I think another thing in our culture, right, we often say, oh, one and done. I don't know. That's a phrase. I've heard people talk about the children. Yep. One and done. But you know what? That does not apply to prayers. It can. God can do anything. God is a miracle worker. Sometimes you say a prayer and there's instant healing. There's instant answers. Amen to that. But if you look at scripture, if you look in the Bible over and over again, there are more verses encouraging us to pray persistently, to hold on. In fact, there is a parable, right, about the persistent widow of the widow just going to the judge and pleading her case. And he's like, okay, I'll give you what you want because you were so persistent. And not that God gives us everything we want. He gives us what we need. But I, I think that is one of the hardest things. But that's what our verse goes back to, right? Be joyful always, pray continually. And I got to tell you guys, there's two. This is how you know when you can stop praying. You want to know the answer? Yes. Here we go. You stop praying till you have an answer or till Jesus comes back. Oh, it's so encouraging, Valerie. <laughs> but I'm just telling you what scripture says. I was just so convicted about that. Wow, we pray until we have an answer. It may not be the answer that we were hoping for, right? Sometimes the answer is no. But scripture tells us, the Bible tells us we pray until Jesus comes back. And you may see this on some of our social media throughout the month, but I'm going to just read a couple of verses. Colossians 4.2, be persistent in prayer and keep alert as you pray, giving thanks to God. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Romans 8.26, and the Holy Spirit helps us. That's, again, that receiving posture. We don't have to know what to pray. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Philippians 4.6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. You guys, petition means you can continue to ask. Another, a couple other verses, Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Ephesians 6.18, pray at all times in the Spirit. And we're going to hear a blog later this month that kind of talks about that. You hear about, she's a prayer warrior and I'm not. (laughs) I've thought that so many times. Have you? Yeah. And that's what we're trying to encourage our audience is that we are all, we can all be prayer warriors. So watch out for that blog coming out. It's so encouraging that we all have the potential. We all have the ability. God has gifted us the ability to continue to pray. So I know that may not be the answer you're looking for, but that is the second part of our verse. Pray continually. We are really, we are asked by the Lord to not give up just right when the disciple said, how many times do we have to forgive somebody that keeps hurting us or keeps offending us? And Jesus is like, you forgive them every time they offend you. The same with our prayers. And even I think I've, I've seen a quote, Denisha, or a post that that even your tears are prayers, right? You may not even be able to utter another word, but your tears are prayers. So I don't know. What do you think, Denisha? What do you think about praying as long as it takes? Well, at first I'm thinking, oh man, until Jesus comes back or I have an answer, I'm still praying for things that I was began praying for years wow. ago. Yeah. And I think one of the things is that posture of receiving, like mm. you said, of receiving the peace from the Lord, but it's also in surrender. Yes. As I think about praying, there's times I've prayed out of begging, to be mm. honest, and that really wasn't a place of faith for me in those moments. It was a place of, Lord, please. Yeah. And he hears those prayers too. Oh, yeah. But you know, I, as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking it's the places where I've surrendered it in prayer when I find peace. 
yes. where I can really leave it to God and go, okay, I'm not going to try to pick this back up. I'm going to go as you lead me and step into the things you're asking me to do, but I'm going to leave this at your feet and surrender. And that is really where I have found peace in that praying continually. Yeah. And that's just perfect because I was going to share about that is that like we talked about before, like when we're faced with a problem, a battle, a hardship, we want to fix it. We feel like sometimes we have to do something or maybe we feel guilty. Oh, okay. I caused this problem. So I got to fix it. But you just said exactly one of my favorite verses in Exodus 14, 14. It says, it says, God will fight our battles. We need only to be still. And what is that? What does that mean? That stillness is what you just said, Denisha. It's surrender. That we are called, you guys, we are called to be still, surrender, and pray. Honestly, I think that's when we are able to really pray, like those verses I just read, with devotion, with a humble heart, is only in surrender. And again, that just that verse Exodus 14, 14, that God fights our battles again, that just confirms that we are receivers, right? That we are receivers of the victory that God has already won. And again, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that he is God. I've been challenged by that verse recently because I'm a, okay, I got to take care of this. I cause this problem. I got to take care of it or something's not right in the home, my marriage, family, whatever. And I was challenged by that. So what does that really mean to know that God is God? And that is surrender, to know he's in control, to know he's got it, to know he's sovereign. That just means that he's he sees what we don't see and his plans and purposes are not going to fail. But to know that he sees us in our suffering, Denisha, and he longs to strengthen us in intimacy with him, in relationship with him. Our contentment, our joy, and our faith all come from him. So I'm so glad you said that because that really helps us to have that posture of that continual persistent prayer is knowing that we just have to be still and God fights our battles. And so that kind of goes into our last part of that verse, right? Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. How, Denisha, how do we look for the good when the going is tough and the going is rough. How have you experienced that? How have you been able to see the good in the bad? I know sometimes for me, I have even had to ask God, give me your eyes to see. And sometimes it's something simple. A lot of times for me, it's, this sounds silly, but it's even in nature. Like Mm. something may be so hard that all I can see is that my, I'm staring at the problem, right? And then God will call my attention over to a tree or flowers. But you love trees. I love trees, you guys. (laughs) And I'll find joy in that. Or I'll look at that and think, okay, that's beautiful. And I've done, this sounds so silly saying it out loud, but in my head, I've even been like, all right, Lord, this stinks right now. But that tree is really pretty. Like uh, even something as simple as that, of finding something that brings me joy or peace, even when things are really hard. And that's Mm -hmm. a very simple thing, but that's something to celebrate, whether it be nature, whether it be something that's going on in your family, something that encourages you. I think all of those are ways that we can celebrate when things are hard. 
Yeah. And I think I just, just some of the study I've done on gratitude, I've even written about it. I love the passage in Philippians, which some of you have heard Philippians 4.13. It's been quoted so many times. I think even in sports <laughs> communities, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which I, I've studied the Bible quite a bit. And I've learned from some very wise teachers that you got to read the context. So if you look before those verses, it gives you the context of why that verse is so important and what, Denisha, what Paul is talking about is he's talking about contentment. Mm -hmm. And I have learned and I've continued to learn, God continues to teach me that gratitude, being thankful, finding the good flows out of contentment. And again, we may be tempted to put on ourselves, okay, I just got to be content. I got to be content. I got to be content. But again, how can we receive that from the Lord? How can we receive the gift of contentment? And that's what Paul's saying is that whether I am hungry or well-fed, whether I am living paycheck to paycheck or have an abundance, whether things are going great or not going great, is that I can be content. I can do these things through Christ. And here's the receiving part, who strengthens me. We receive the strength from Christ first, and then we're able to be content. And I think that's where gratitude flows. So I want to challenge, I want to ask, is that how, and I'm speaking to myself, I'm preaching to myself here, how content are you? What do you find yourself complaining about the most? from day to day. We're in the month, often November is the month of when people do these challenges of being thankful every day, which are great challenges. But ask yourself, if you're a person who struggles with complaining, and I'm raising my hand, you can't <laughs> see it, but Denisha can see it. I'm raising my hand. If you're a person who struggles with contentment, ask yourself, how? what are you complaining about day from day to day? That may be a red flag or a signal to you that you are not trusting God in a certain area, that maybe God is not enough, that who he is and what he's provided is not enough. And that lie, we talked about lies two months ago, that lie of not enough, that's what leads to discontentment. And then that leads to complaining, which leads to grumbling. Just again, I love, again, back to our First Thessalonians study here. If you read through the whole book of First Thessalonians. And I just got to tell you why this verse means so much to me. I was in college and struggling. Okay, what's God's will for my life? What am I supposed to do? And I sat down with my pastor at the time and he read me this verse, Denisha. He read me this verse, be joyful, always pray continually, give thanks for this is God's will. And he's Valerie, God's will is not mysterious as you may think. And we first look to God's word and that's where we first learn his will. And if you look through the whole letter of 1 Thessalonians, you'll see over and over again, do good, not evil, encourage others, lift each other's up, like all these things that God wants us to do. It's his will. But this is what I love in verse 524. It says this, here's this receiving part again. The one who called you is faithful and he will do it, Denisha. He will do it. And so I want you guys to take this away today. If you are doers, if you've been doer doers <laughs> like me, performance space, and you are going through a struggle and, you, and you're just like, okay, how do I get out of this? What do I do? I'm tired. Put yourself in a posture of receiving and just know that when you're still, when you're still and surrendered, that's when God works. And all we have to do is trust. We trust God provides. <laughs> We're still, God works. God gives, we receive. And then how we give back is we respond, right? We respond with the joy we've been given. And this is what I think about, Denisha, is that 
we cannot pour out what we're not filled up with. Amen. So we can't choose joy. We can't be at peace. We can't pray continually unless we first receive the gifts that God wants to give us so we can have those things. So I want to leave you guys with this last thought here. We are able to have joy in the midst of suffering, peace in the midst of problems, and gratitude in the midst of things not going our way because God gives us what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. We need only to be still and receive. So I want to close, friends, with a a post that a friend of our ministry shared on Facebook. She's a beautiful writer. Her name's Brianna Weatherby. And I want, if you are in a place where you can just close your eyes and just listen to these beautiful words of somebody who's been in the thick of, of a battle for a long time, and yet she is one of the most joyful, peaceful people that I know. But I want you to sit back. If you're not driving, <laughs> close your eyes and just listen to her words. Joy. The dictionary defines it as the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. The Apostle James tells us to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Have you ever thought about how backwards that is? Let's put these together. Take great delight in suffering. Stop and read that again. Take great delight in suffering. People often ask me how I can endure suffering and pain with a joyful heart and a genuine smile. I'm here to tell you that taking delight in suffering is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I have to make that deliberate choice every single day. But I don't have to do it alone. When I ask God continually, when I ask God continually reminds me that He is with me. He is the exceptionally good source of joy. And when I choose to remember that He's what He's done for me on the eternal scale of salvation and on the small scale with earthly blessings, I am able to experience real joy. This week, I suffered greatly. The pain associated with my IV infusion was pretty brutal. It triggers a migraine that hurts so much I can't see. Every joint swells and every muscle cramps for at least 48 hours after I finish. And I do the treatment every other Thursday. So yesterday morning, I'd had enough. I started weeping. I kept asking God, how much longer will I have to do this? Will I always hurt this much? I don't think I can fight through the pain anymore. Then I heard a quiet voice in my heart. You may suffer even more, but I'm here. I'll be strong so you don't have to be. I'll endure when you can't. And I promise your suffering has a purpose. James 1 came to mind again. Consider it true joy when you face troubles. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James 1, 3 through 4. In other words, when we choose joy in response to suffering, we grow up spiritually. Ultimately, we become more like Jesus. 
That's what I want more than anything else. I want my response to a suffering to bring him glory. I want enduring the pain with a joy-filled attitude and a genuine smile to point people to Jesus. My pain has a purpose. Today, I will choose joy. We pray those words were an encouragement to you today, that Brianna's words would give you hope and help you through your journey as well. Valerie, thank you so much for the teaching today, and we look forward to seeing you same time, same place next week. Thanks for listening. I pray you found hope in today's conversation and maybe even feel a little less alone in your story. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Reclaimed Story. Want to learn more about living a reclaimed life and how you can be a part of our growing community of reclaimers? Check out our website at reclaimedstory.com. All of those links and more will be in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this inspirational podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Not only will you be the first one to know when new content comes out, but it is also a huge help in helping us reach more people to live the reclaimed life.